Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. This podcast and this summer tour would not be possible without our sponsors, so please check them out, go to their websites, listen to their value propositions, and consider doing business with them. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, I'm Zach Fishman. And I'm Ryan Hicks. And if there's one thing we've learned through the many episodes of Modern Business, if you work for a franchise, marketing is insanely difficult. We've hosted a lot of people way smarter than us, and we can all agree on this. Google is always updating its algorithm. Best practices for social media advertising are constantly changing. And no matter how hard you try, it feels impossible to keep up. Fear not, franchise fam. Ryan and I are so excited to introduce this week's sponsor, Scorpion, a marketing company that caters to your strategic needs of your franchise brand. Scorpion is an all-in-one marketing partner capable of handling everything your franchise needs, from your branding and website to your search engine optimization, online reputation, and paid advertising. But you don't have to take our word for it. Entrepreneur Magazine named Scorpion the number one franchise marketing company. To learn more, visit scorpion.co slash MB. That's scorpion.co slash MB. Modern Business Podcast. This is another special episode. We are on day number three. This is the second stop. And we're down here in Waco, Texas. And I'm joined by our highly, highly esteemed guest. And it's a pleasure to be introducing you to her momentarily. Before I do that, I would like to say make sure that you're following uh, us along the summer tour journey over at Modern Business. That's M-O-D-R-N Business. You can find us on Facebook as well as LinkedIn and then also Franchisors.com. We have a lot of great folks, but few, uh, actually none better than the one that we have here because I'm sitting in front of the chief marketing officer of Neighborly Brands. Um, Neighborly is a brand, as as you folks in the audience are probably aware, because we've hosted a couple other folks from here. Um, they have 22 brands under the umbrella, so that's a lot to manage uh, as a, as a marketing uh, professional. Um, but without further ado, I'd like to mention or I'd like to introduce, excuse me, Lisa Zollner. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for coming down to see us. I'm very glad to be here. Um, just last week. I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, but just last week, Mike Bidwell uh, was on the podcast and he had a lot of very excellent things to say to you. So I'm I'm excited to host you. Uh, Excited to have you guys here and talk a little bit more about Neighborly. So tell us about your career journey thus far. You, I know that you've spent time with Blockbuster, you spent time with Gold's Gym and also Golfsmith International where you've launched some great programs along the way. But tell us a little bit about your career journey and maybe what you're most proud of within that. So um, everyone loves to hear me talk about Blockbuster. I mean, it's an iconic brand that uh, has become, um, you know, a business school uh, case study. Um, Unfortunately, it was an amazing brand when I was there, and that's really where I started my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually started, a lot of people don't know this, I started as an administrative assistant because I wanted to get my foot in the door. It was the time when, you know, the company was growing like crazy. Uh, About 300 stores uh, when I joined and about 6,000 when I left 16 years later. So it was quite a ride. Um, And with that kind of growth, I had the opportunity to do so many different things. You know, I started off in operations, which I've always felt uh, very grateful for because Mm -hmm. I think it has helped me be a better marketer. 
It's helped me understand the importance of execution and the impact that marketing has on those frontline folks who are, you know, the ones in front of the customer making it happen every day. So um, Blockbuster was an amazing ride. Uh, about halfway through my time there, I moved over to uh, to uh, marketing, which um, really is my passion and where I found my passion. Um, I have friends today um, that I worked with at Blockbuster. In fact, I have two people here at Neighborly with me that I worked with at Blockbuster back then. Nice. So uh, that Did was. Did you an, hire them or were they here? I hired them. They they Excellent. came uh, they came here to join me uh, over the last year or two. So uh, that's been uh, amazing to bring those folks along mm -hmm. and maintain those relationships. But uh, that was an amazing ride. I learned a lot. It shaped a lot about how I think about innovation. Mm -hmm. and how I think about competition, you know, given what ended up happening with that brand, uh, staying current, staying ahead of the curve in terms of what consumers are looking for. Um, and then from there, I had my first CMO gig uh, in 2007 at Gold's Gym. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what an honor that was to be um, the steward for such an iconic brand with so much heritage in a great category. Fitness is a, is a really interesting business yeah. and uh, had a nice long ride there. And then on to golf, which is uh, also kind of a fun business, but a tough business. Mm -hmm. uh, contracting, you know, not as many people playing golf. So that was really a share shift sort of uh, experience. And, um, the, you know, the omni-channel work that we did there, I, I'm really proud of uh, as well. And you know, thinking about um, you know other things that I would mention in terms of accomplishments. Um, you know, I think the the Omni Channel stuff at Golfsmith, the branding work that I did at Gold's Gym, and then um, at Blockbuster back in the day. Uh, you know, created this new division um, that came from an inspiration one day um, when I saw one of our admins who was selling paper gift certificates over the phone to companies that were calling and saying, can I have, you know, 10,000 paper gift certificates for my safety program or what have you or for a promotion. And so we had the insight to build a division and from paper certificates sold out of a file cabinet, we grew that to about a $100 million division. So That's excellent. Yeah. That's excellent. It was I fun. I'm, I'm almost nostalgic over the block. <laughs> I remember the blockbuster visits, but I sure do love my Netflix today. That's yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, there is a lot of nostalgia around the brand. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, Target is selling a blockbuster T-shirt right now. Um, <laughs> I saw on Facebook recently. So there is some nostalgia for for the brand. Yeah. It was a ritual, right? You know, Friday night walking the wall. Mm -hmm. You know, looking at the video. The video yeah. cases and uh, turning in the late video hoping you're not in too much trouble <laughs> well that was a big part of the the problem with the business model yeah yeah so we'll fast forward you're at neighborly when it, when did you join and after you joined what were some of the first couple of things that that you dug into yeah i joined in january 2016 so i've been here about three and a half years and um Really, in the beginning, it was twofold. It was one, really building up the marketing organization, um, you know, that was part of the organization that had not had, um, you know, C-level leadership before and that needed more support and resources. And so really digging in and understanding um, the talent that we had here and how we could help them be successful and add to and, and enhance our marketing capabilities. Um, but what I was really brought here to do was to figure out how we could really optimize um, all of our different service verticals and all the offerings that we had or have. Um, you know, with 20 some odd brands, right? Um, we, the, we have it all concentrated in home services, which is fantastic. And over the years, there have been lots of efforts to try and get our franchisees to work together locally. 
um, because the customer's the same, mm-hmm. right? It's um, it's an affluent female homeowner, do it for me. Whether we're talking about Mr. Reuter or Molly Maid or Mr. Electric, it's the same customer. And so over so you're the, viewing the female is the decision maker. Yes. Because they're, the, yeah, got it. Yes, primarily. Yep. Um, and, and the persona that we've coined is, is Diane. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks a lot like me. Yeah, she's a middle-aged <laughs> woman who owns her own, owns a home and, um, you know, like doesn't, that. Doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to do the work herself, um, or the husband doesn't either. Uh, but at any rate, um, the idea was how can we get how can we connect these brands in the minds of the consumer? You know, Mike will tell you, Mike Bedwell, our CEO, will tell you that for twenty some odd years they've been trying to get the franchisees to work together locally mm-hmm. because we have the same customer because you know it makes sense. But that's sort of, you know, had been like pushing water uphill with a rake. And that's not any um, criticism of the franchisees. They're busy. They're busy running their own individual businesses. And so what I was brought here to do is to create an overarching strategy and a brand and a vision uh, for how we could connect all these brands in the minds of the consumer and in doing so grow our franchisees' businesses. Got it. And now, a word from our sponsors. Today's podcast is sponsored by the IFPG, the International Franchise Professionals Group. The IFPG has over 800 members, which consist of franchisors, franchise consultants, and other franchise professionals that help potential candidates in their process of buying a franchise. The IFPG has become the obvious choice for experienced franchise consultants and franchisors looking to grow. If you are a franchisor looking to work with the best franchise consultants in the industry, I suggest you call the IFPG. Or if you're an entrepreneur looking for a -a one-of-a-kind business opportunity, then take a look at the IFPG Certified Franchise Consultant Training Opportunity. You can visit ifpg.org for more info or call 888-977-4374, extension 105. That's 888 Nine seven seven forty three seventy four extension one o five and start this lucrative career today. So that has obviously evolved into uh, something that ended up changing the organization. Um, talk a little bit about how that came to be and and what that is and what the vision is. So um, it's funny, one of the um, things that I was asked when I first came here was, do you think we need a master brand or an overarching brand? And, and, and my answer was, yes, we do. You know, to help the consumer understand that Molly Maid has anything to do with Mr. Electric or with Mr. Handyman, you have to have some connective tissue there, right? And so, um, you know, when talking with Mike and with, with the board members, that was an early decision that we made is, yes, we need an overarching brand. And uh, I remember it was just a few months in uh, my tenure, and we had my first board meeting, and we were talking about this. And, you know, people who know me know that I like to move fast. I'm mm-hmm. always challenging, how can we go faster? Uh, but in this meeting, they asked me about, well, how long do you think, and when should we you know, tackle this idea of creating this master brand? And I said, well, I think that would be a next year initiative. <laughs> Uh, and that was in May of 2016, and by September of that year, we had the new master brand. So uh, the board wanted to move a little faster uh, than I had suggested, which I think is the first time that's ever happened in my career. 
Um, but we did uh, we did create the brand um, and all of the uh, sort of strategy behind that. You know, how do we create um, that connective tissue? Um, how do we make sure that the customer is the same? So there was research involved, of course, mm-hmm. um, making sure that all the existing research we had across all the different brands that we did have, um, that our theories were correct about the customer being the same, about the use occasion, um, about their receptivity to other services. Um, and so, you know, we created the brand and we've just been running ever since. So neighborly brands and get neighborly. Mm-hmm. The difference between the two, get neighborly is highly consumer facing. I mean, so is neighborly brands. But can you talk about the difference between those two? Like, for example, if you're just searching online and you land on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the website is getneighborly.com. And, and that is our one-stop shop for consumers to connect to any of the services that we have to offer. So anything from the maid services to plumbing and everything in between, you can access at getneighborly.com. And and what that does is it connects you to the local franchisee who does the work. Neighborly is the name of our company. And, um, you know, that is a recent rebrand as well, as I think you mentioned earlier, um, you know, previously Dwyer Group. And so we really wanted to create some more consistency. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of brands to manage. And so, um, you know, Dwyer Group really didn't have any awareness from a consumer standpoint. It was more of a franchise community, mm-hmm. uh, you know, highly um um, you know, coveted and, and yep. respected in the franchising community. But we, you know, we did make the decision to go ahead and rebrand the company as Neighborly. Um, and so we are Neighborly as a company. GetNeighborly.com is the platform. Um, and, you know, from a franchise uh, sales perspective or development perspective, um, you know, we sell the individual brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's been a, a, a nice um, sort of enhancement to our sales process as we think about not just each individual brand, but the brand being part of this larger community. And if you think about when you're selling a, a franchise and, and talking to folks about potentially joining us, knowing that it's not just the one brand or the one service, but there are built-in customers across all these other brands in the markets uh, where they'll be operating. It's extremely powerful because it's a it's the, you get the network effect uh, mm-hmm. multiplied because yep. you're not just leveraging this great brand, you're leveraging this family of great brands. So how are you helping facilitate cross-sell opportunities? Because I imagine there's a lot of cross-sell opportunities. Yeah. You get made service done. How is How are those franchisees potentially leveraging cross-sell opportunities? Do you have any programs in place? Yeah. So our strategy has been to focus on the customers we already have, which you're alluding to. We have uh, about 8 million customers across all of our brands today, uh, and about 1.5 million of them have a service with us in any given year. And so we've taken, for lack of a better term, more of a top-down approach Mm -hmm. in creating overarching programs like our email marketing program, like leveraging our websites, to get the message in front of our existing customers about all the other services that we have to offer under the neighborly umbrella. Um, Two years ago, we had no email marketing program at all. So that's one program that we created to create awareness amongst our existing customers Mm -hmm. um, about all the services that we have to offer through all of the other brands. Um, we've also uh, are taking advantage of all those touch points. I mean, think about you know any service you have done in your home, the opportunity for leave behinds, yep. uh, the invoice that you get, the estimate that you get, neighborly izing, all of those touch points uh, amongst our existing customers has been another tactic around this you know strategy of creating awareness amongst our existing customers. 
Um, you know, there's a number of, of different ways. I mean, things as simple as leave behinds. Um, you know, most mm-hmm. of our brands will leave behind a brochure, a magnet. Magnets still work in the home services mm-hmm. <laughs> industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, leaving that message behind about all the other um, services that we have to offer. Those have been sort of the top-down things that we've been doing. Similarly, and again, for lack of a better term, at the grassroots level, we've been empowering and providing tools to franchisees for them to work together. Uh, And so we have an intranet site, for example, where all the different collateral material, all the different best practices, how to go to a home show together, for example. Mm. Okay, Um, together, yeah. Yes. And so, you know, if you think about if you're in a market and like 42 of our markets have 10 or more brands. So we have a lot of markets with a lot of penetration. Um, and so, um, you know, we talk to franchisees about how instead of going to a home show by yourself, why not split the cost? Even if you only get three or four of the other concepts to come with you, you're still going to, um, mm-hmm. you know, only pay 25% versus 100% of the cost and to go as neighborly, um, you know, with your fellow franchisees. And uh, that's really started to, to gain some traction over the last year or so. We have about 50 different local franchise groups working together across brands now. Wow. Yeah. Grassroots is something that you can't do from the corporate perspective. You can't get out there and do grassroots, but encouraging those folks to work together. And for the folks in the audience that are listening that, um, you know, do not have multiple brands to leverage. I mean, this just creates a new set of challenges. I mean, you have to figure out how you get them working together, but creates new opportunities. Um, how, How are you how has neighborly used technology to gain an edge? Are, are there? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and it's part of what's going on here, you know, more broadly than marketing is really mm-hmm. a digital transformation, a technology transformation. We have a new chief technology officer, Amir Wahid has just joined us in the last couple of months. Um, we just hired a new SVP for digital uh, on the marketing team. So technology has become incredibly important to us. And if, if you think about, you know, home services, and there's a lot of folks getting into home services these days. You know, Google's interested, Amazon's interested. You've got your aggregators like Angie's List and Home Advisor, mm-hmm. And then you've got sort of the gig economy getting in on the game, right? The handies and the tackles and all these guys. And, uh, you know, we think that that seamless... Um, connection to consumers leveraging technology is going to be critically important for our success. Um, you know, what we have that, that all those folks don't have is that network of trusted, vetted professionals who all adhere to a code of values, who have franchising, you know, we have franchise standards, of course, yes. of service. And, you know, if you think about all those um, those competitors, um, you know, they've got that really slick technology front end, right? The app works great on handy. Uh, or on any of these other um, devices, any other brands. You're taking the job to the first bidder. It might be a college student who, you know, is cleaning houses on the side. You know, you don't know what kind of experience you're Do you do education? Do you try to educate the consumer on that? I know the website does a pretty good job at that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our big point of differentiation is what you can expect in terms of the experience um, when you engage with Neighborly versus, versus others. Which is highly relevant because we have... We have a lot of folks in the audience from different areas of communities, but that's highly relevant, whoever you are. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the experience, and it's how, how do you show that. Um, and that's the hard part, right? If yeah. you think about it, um, all those folks that I mentioned, providing that supply, the supply of the service, the capacity to fulfill on the demand is really the hard part. And we've been doing that for 40 years through yep. the franchising model. 
Um, so all we're working on, what we're working on now is the front end, you know, building the, the apps and the websites and that connectivity to the consumer um, to engage with our franchisees who will deliver that outstanding service. And I, I know you talked to Mike Bidwell recently, and I'm sure he talked about NPS. And uh, in fact, I listened to it, so I know he talked about it. Um, you know, we, we provide amazing service. Our NPS score and aggregate across all of our brands is 76. Mm. I mean, that's like Nordstrom-like territory, right? And so our franchisees do an awesome job. An interesting topic that I like is how do you how do you take uh, net promoters and turn them to real promoters, and that's part of kind of what I do on the supplier side of the business. But it's that's an incredible feat. Um, obviously, that you guys operate. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not just marketing; it's all it's operations, it's all of it, um, and and you're doing a really good job. Um, was there anything else from a technology perspective before I cut you off? The other piece I would mention is is that we are also working on the back end sort of delivery of the mm-hmm. service, uh, leveraging technology to make that experience more consistent across the brands. Uh-huh. So every like brand invoicing the kind of how invoicing, you mentioned. Um, how we refer, you know, how technicians can refer mm-hmm. um, customers to other brands in their area using an app, which we just finished developing. Is um, there incentives behind that, or is it just everybody participate? Not at this time. Uh, right now, what we're trying to do is just make That'd it be easy. Really hard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the incentive piece gets pretty tricky. But um, but it's, having it's kind of them being consultants in their local market and saying, listen, right? yeah, I mean, if if um, Mr. Reuter is in the home and uh, there's been some you know issue with a leaking pipe and, and there's maybe some mold or something that needs to be mitigated, Rainbow, one of our other mm-hmm. brands, can do that work, and Got so it. the technician can push a button on their iPad, uh, not iPad, but TechPad, we call it. Um, and immediately send a referral to the it's local Rainbow franchise. Kind of build it into the process of how, you know. Just how we operate, yeah. right? And the power of that is not only is that great for our business and, and having these referrals, which are no cost referrals for the mm-hmm. franchisee, it also solves a problem for the customer, yep. which is the most important thing, right? Yep. And now, a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by FranFunnel. FramFunnel's mobile and web apps help franchisors personally and automatically respond to leads via SMS and email, so sales teams spend less time trying to get a hold of leads and more time closing deals. With nearly 70% of leads coming in outside of business hours and over 90% of leads preferring texting versus phone call, following up with your leads immediately has never been more critical to franchise sales. With FranFunnel, franchisors award more franchises from the leads they're already generating. To learn more about how you can use FranFunnel software today, please visit www.framfunnel.com and fill out the lead form at the bottom of the pitch. Amazon of home services. That's a, f- a phrase that Mike Bidwell used, I believe, whenever mm-hmm. we chatted. Are you Amazon proof? <laughs> you know, I think what we have um, going for us is that network of franchisees and folks who provide quality, premium, reliable service. And that's the part that they're trying to figure out, right? But, um, you know, we think that, uh, you know, that's going to be real difficult for them and, and for others to replicate what we already have and have built over these last 40 years. Got it. What does your marketing organization look like? In the beginning, you talked about one of the first things that you focused on was really, you know, as, as now the brand has the chief marketing officer and you're working on building out the organization. What does the marketing organization look like? 
Uh, we have a very large marketing organization, as you can imagine, with so many yes. brands. Yes. Um, we joke sometimes around here, what would it be like to work in a company again that only has one brand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is it is really challenging and it requires a lot of, a lot of folks. We have dedicated folks who work on the individual brands. Um, and then we have subject matter expert teams within marketing. So the whole team is about 92, 93 people right now. Wow. Um, we're spread across five different offices in the United States, so it's a distributed um, okay. team. Um, but when I got here, it was probably about half the size it is now. Of course, we've acquired some brands since then, too, which also added to um, the size of the team. But what we really uh, worked hard at is creating um, more process, more consistency uh, across the brands, because you know in the past, they really had been run quite autonomously, and we weren't taking advantage of the efficiencies yeah. and such across the brands. But we have... Our brand management team, which is really working uh, closely with our operations team and with the franchisees every day on their individual brands. And then we have like our digital team, our PR team, our CRM team. And that was the part that we really didn't have when I got here, those specialty areas of marketing. And that's where we've really invested a lot of um, time and, and bringing in new talent there. Got it. There's a lot of questions that I'd like to ask within that, but out of respect for time, I'll move to the next topic. Whenever I met you in person first, we were at the at the in Atlanta mm-hmm. um, at the franchise marketing conference. What was it? Um, FMLC, FMLC Franchise Marketing Leadership Conference. Great conference. Yeah, very it was. Good, very well done. Um, you were, I believe, on a panel talking about recruitment and some, uh-huh. some different things. Um, you guys are obviously growing. You said you have five different offices um where where i think you're open office in dallas yes just recently we opened an office in dallas um which is becoming sort of our hub for technology and digital talent okay. uh really great market Good for place, yeah. for uh for folks who have that background yeah um, and close to waco so you can if you need to get in the car and, and come down to waco or vice versa it's easy to do any pearls of wisdom or gold nuggets from that particular panel that you sat on yeah, we were talking about building um, the marketing organization of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of what we talked about there was around um, recruiting and how to recruit more effectively. Um, one of the things that I shared on that panel was how we've uh, recently adopted the process from the book uh, called Who. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh it really has a very prescribed process for recruiting that has been really um, helpful for us. You know, 50% of hires don't work out, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a very data-driven approach that has been proven to show that about 90% of your hires work out when you follow this process. And so um, there's a you know different types of interviews and a, diff- a very specific way of approaching it where you go really deep with the candidate uh, and make sure you understand their journey and there's very prescribed questions that you ask and then you start getting into the functional areas of expertise. Yeah. There's isn't isn't that literally like a six hour process or interview wise or maybe it, more for the most senior executives. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's a six hour process. For most of our hires, we do it in about two hours. Got so it. we'll take a take the candidate through after they've been screened. We'll take them through sort of from the beginning of their career to present day, um, and make sure we really understand what makes them tick and why they've made the choices they've made throughout their careers. And it, it has been very very helpful in making great hires. Got it. Um, Switching to a last little segment here, getting to know you a little bit better, um, and then we'll, we'll, out of respect for time, wrap it up. Um, any 
What do you like to do? What do you enjoy doing outside of business? Uh, I love to spend time outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, love to hike, and we have a boat. I love to spend time on the water. Um, love to travel. Uh, I really like to cook. People are often surprised to learn that I like to cook um, on the weekends. Uh, so um, those are some of the things I like to do. I'm a, a specialist in comfort food. Chicken and dumplings. I'm mm. your girl. Uh, chicken pot pie, meatloaf. That sounds so good right now. <laughs> uh, those are the things that I uh, that I specialize in. I like it. I like it. Lake Austin. Do you get out there? You live in Austin, right? Yeah, I live in Austin, uh, and we live really close to Lake Travis. Lake, so we Lake keep Travis, our boat. Yeah. Lake Austin is also okay. you know very close by, but we keep our boat on Lake Travis, and yeah, you know, it's not a huge boat or anything, but it's enough to get out on the water and just get away, and uh, you know. Relax a little bit. Yeah. Do you when you're relaxing? Do you like to read? Do you are you a reader at all? Or? Yeah. You know, I you know I've got my business books that I'm always trying to keep up with the latest uh, the latest and greatest. Um, so that's what I usually read. I'm reading business books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Nice. Yeah. Any favorites? Any recommendations? Yeah. Let me think. Uh, I could. The funny thing is, spelled, I couldn't even answer that. It's spelled I, funny. M O D R N. Hey, I did that so I can own the, the trademark. I, by the I way, I know what you were doing there. Yeah. I see. I see that. Yeah. Um, favorite life hack? Do you have you have one? Good question. Um, right now, I'm in love with the Calm app. Do you know this Ooh, app? I do. I I don't use Calm, but there's another one called Ten Percent Happier. Yeah. That that I really enjoyed a particular course on. And then what's the other one? Oh, I know there's I another one, but I can't think of the name of it. I like the um, the Calm app for the meditation um, that they have, meditations that they yeah. have. Right now I'm doing the um, Seven Days of Gratitude. Nice. Which uh, I'm enjoying quite a bit. I think I'm on day three. Nice. And it also, I use it, um, you know, my mind is so busy. I'm always, you know, it's always turning, always thinking. So um, it helps me to sort of just quiet the brain a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm a big advocate of that and uh, appreciate you having have you coming on. It was a pleasure having you on. Is there anything that I didn't ask that I should have or any parting words mm-hmm. of advice for marketing professionals out there? We covered a lot of ground, uh, but I think, you know, as I'm coaching and mentoring folks, I'm always talking about being a perpetual student. Mm-hmm. You know, marketing is just changing so rapidly because the consumer's changing so rapidly, right? And so, you know, what we thought we knew a couple of years ago, you know, it's it's not the same today. And so you have to really just stay on top of your game. And so that's a lot of what I talk about when I'm mentoring and coaching folks is to just keep learning. Excellent. Well, I am a student of yours. I will <laughs> learn from you and look forward to uh, the next time we chat. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Ryan. It was great. Appreciate it.